All right, how about this? Susan, you don't have to send out that listserv. The students need you. You don't have to go to Davos every year. Susan. No, no, Harry, it's, it's, it's not great. No, it's I, not going to work. How, how about this? Okay, okay. Susanna Unana. I give my money to Susanna Unana. No, that's not gonna that's not gonna work either. You know what I think? Let's just scrap the music. This episode is about Suzanne Fortier. Bonjour, hi. Excuse me? Bonjour. Hi. Hi. Oh, hi Harry. How are you doing, Jordan? Pretty good. I'm also doing pretty good. We're talking about a, a fraught topic today. A big topic. Yeah. A large topic. A yeah. complicated topic. Yes. So who, who are we talking about? We are talking about principal and vice chancellor of this venerable university, Suzanne Fortier. Otherwise known as... Big Suze. Big Suze. Big Suze. The biggest of Suzes. The Suzes of biggest. Big Suze, the meme. The meme. How has she become the meme? And what is the meme? Okay, as the meme, she is... Uh, this individual who kind of uh, has excessive overreach in student politics. And yet also doesn't care about students. And also doesn't care about students, only cares about money. Mm, donors research. Yeah, so the caricature of Big Sue's is one that doesn't care about students at all unless it benefits her donors mm-hmm. or, or, or whatnot. And it's kind of turned into, like, the caricature has turned into uh, a running joke among students, undergrad yeah. and graduate students. There's a lot of meme accounts on Instagram. And just use pictures of Suzanne Fortier. Yeah, on Reddit and whatnot. Mm. And uh, like, I, I, I'll be honest, like some of the content is funny. Some and, of it's funny. And I've laughed at it. But I think it's important that with any figure in power, especially like an individual who runs a university, we should be critical of any, you know, preconceived notions or prejudices against them. And we should try to unpack them, right? Very much. But first of all, what do we think is the root of this kind of the resentment that builds into a meme or a running joke? Like, what are some of the things that students don't like about Suzanne Fortier? Well, I, I think overall she's just, she's seen as being out of touch with students, mm. right? So one of the examples is the Divest McGill issue, right? Yeah. And so uh, students have overwhelmingly supported the the sentiment to divest from fossil fuels, and mm. she um, and, her, and her administration have uh, gone against that. Yeah. Um, also, with regards to issues like the BDS issue on campus, she yeah. she like had a position on that, and a lot of students felt like they were disenfranchised, and she got involved in student politics. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's it's just that sh- people feel that she's kind of out of touch with students, and she yeah. doesn't really connect to students on that on that level. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways as well, she's used as just a, a scapegoat as the head of the university for a lot of frustration that students feel. It's maybe not within her purview, not her job, things like that. Yeah, exactly. So she has a insanely busy job. It's honestly difficult to say what she does because she's responsible for so much. Yeah, it's enormous. Yeah, and it's the, even like lo- navigating online, trying to see what she does is, yeah. is difficult. So According to the website, and I'm going to read verbatim, her role entails working with the university community to achieve excellence in teaching, research, and service, and representing McGill to external bodies at home and around the world. So unpacking that, her role entails, I think, three main components. So overseeing student and staff affairs, Mm -hmm. um, representation, so just general PR, branding, and then like the securing of funding. So that's like funding for research. Um, private donors and also donations from alumni. Yeah, and uh, it's 
I mean, it sounds like a, a very daunting, a daunting role. There's a, she oversees um, basically all the the VPs in, in on in the administration, and she's also on the board of governors. So she does do a lot. Yeah, if you look up the the organizational chart of how the administration yeah. is set up at, at McGill, obviously we can't show you. This is a, an audio medium for all of you paying attention. Um, but if you look at it, it's the number of people in, with enormous roles, enormous jobs who are below her that she is responsible for looking out for. It's enormous. Yeah. And in, in terms of some of the, the gripes that students have with her or the administration, she's three removed from the dean of students. And that's, that's a lot of degrees of separation from someone whose job it is to look after, after students. So to, to put so much of the resentments of students for, for different services or, or things like that on her when we are like half of one component of what her enormous job entails is can be seen as, as unfair, I would think. Yeah, and I think it's also important to like separate her from her job as well, right? Oh, like yeah. we, we need to understand how she got to this role mm. to also unpack, you know, what she is and what she does and what she has control of. Because I think a lot of people don't understand the academic background of Suzanne Fortier. So Or understand anything about her at all, really. Yeah, anything about her. And so I guess we did some research. What what can you tell us about about her background? Well she was born in um in Quebec. Um she was inspired to pursue science from uh, one of her teachers at the school she went to um in St. Timothy in, in Quebec. Um, in Cégep, she did research on sound waves and at a, a provincial science fair and oh, was invited cool. after that to visit the lab of a McGill crystallographer. Um, so that's when she then went on to do her Bachelor of Science at McGill in crystallography. So, so okay, so she, her specialty is crystallography. What, do you know what that is? It's like the study of crystals within the realm of, of chemistry. Okay. So studying crystals with a, with a chemistry background, okay. I guess. That's, I mean, I, I'm yeah. a crystallographer. Yeah, no, no, I, that makes sense. Um, she then went straight to a, a PhD at McGill on the subject. Um, she joined the uh, Queen's chemistry department. She was the first woman to join that department. Wow. She's, she was, to be honest, she's quite a trailblazer for, for women in science in Canada. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people forget that. She was then, she was appointed principal and vice chancellor at McGill in 2013. Yeah. And she also has a lot of personal and professional accomplishments, right? She's on the board of many different organizations. She's honorary doctorates from, I think, Thompson Rivers, Carleton. University of Glasgow. I mean, she's she's a distinguished individual. Yeah, hugely, professionally and personally. And how do you think we can reconcile that idea of her with what we've said is the student's view of her with the memes and big sues and whatever? I mean, I think it comes down to her, her having a job that is incredibly difficult and having to balance so many things. And obviously as students, like we have our priorities and it's very reasonable for students to expect their principal to... Um, respect their autonomy, their wishes, their concerns. But um, as principal, she has some really important priorities and a lot of it has to do with funding. And I think it's really important to recognize like where we are in terms of like a historical context where, Mm -hmm. you know, in Quebec, in under a government, in previous governments, which have been, you know, cutting um, funding to education, there's austerity measures. And the importance of securing donations, funding from for research and yeah. from alumni is in, incredibly important. And I understand why um, students are super frustrated when they feel as though um, she's prioritizing funding over students' needs. But she, she's in a very precarious position, right? Yeah. It's incredibly difficult. And she has so many stakeholders that she has to balance to figure out the path that she wants to follow. She has to balance 
the administration, faculty, the Senate, students, donors, alumni. There's so many people who want to tell her the best way to go and who have influence over that. And she has to make that decision that's, that's, that's best for the university. And clearly when she does that, some people are going to be disappointed. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And I think that like there is very like legitimate criticisms that can be launched at the administration. Yeah. But like you said earlier, I think that she can be scapegoated um, because she is the the head, you know, the, the head role in the administration. But she can be faulted for something that actually isn't within her control. Like mm-hmm. if there is a majority of votes on the board of governors or in the Senate, um, she can't override that single handedly. Right. Yep. And I also think we need to recognize that she is the first francophone principal of McGill. She is the only second uh, woman to hold this position. Mm-hmm. And she is a trailblazer, like you said. Yeah. And I think that like these are important nuances to recognize when launching you know, criticisms um, or memifying or, or t- turning an individual into a parody. Yeah, it's very much not a black and white issue. It's not just she's terrible or she's this, she doesn't care about students, whatever. It's clearly such a more complicated issue than that. And... If you, you know, as a student, you can point to things that you're upset about, whether it's mental health initiatives for students or, or other kinds of programs, and you can't really put that to her door specifically. You have so many layers of people who make those decisions before it comes to her. Yeah, the bureaucracy. Like, I don't think people understand the amount of, you know, bureaucratic levels there are within a major university like yeah. McGill, right? Like, so many things that people fault Suzanne for do not fall, not only under her portfolio, but not even under the portfolio of people below her. Mm-hmm. It's people like three yeah. tiers or yeah. four tiers below her. And I, I I, think, yeah, like obviously she's the face of a university. And so the same way that a president should, you know, should be held account to something that's happening in his administration, even though it's not under a department he directly controls, mm-hmm. the hierarchy still leads to him or, or yeah. her. Um, but at the same time, it, at what point does it become unfair to fault everything wrong with McGill with this person? I think there's definitely a point, and there's definitely that point has been reached in a lot of student discourse surrounding the administration is that it's Suzanne Forte's fault. In all things that happen, there's this trope in student conversation of just saying, it's similar to saying smoo, and people just say, oh, smoo, oh, Suzanne Forte, oh, the administration. Well, they don't say, oh, Suzanne Forte, they say, oh, big Suze. Oh, big Suze, yeah, exactly. And in doing that, you're kind of, removing the nuance of the role, and you're also just demeaning her and her position, which, as much as we don't want to just be sitting here apologizing for Suzanne Fortier or whatever, you have to understand the fact that she's an incredibly accomplished person who's reached this position for a reason. Yeah, no, I think that's really fair in the point about uh, apologizing for Suzanne Fortier. Like, some of the memes are funny. I laugh at some of the memes. Yeah. And I have my fair share of issues with McGill, you know? Like, I could go on, and in fact, in this podcast, we've spoken about issues we have in Many times. with McGill, and we've faulted Suzanne Borchay for things that she's done, mm-hmm. um, as well as the administration. But I think while, you know, some of these memes can be funny, we need to take it to a, a realistic place of discourse. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the reason these memes exist is more likely for um, uh, a, a way to like, you know, provide humor mm-hmm. and make humor out of a situation, yep. somewhat of a catharsis, you know, a release. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that from a mental health perspective. Yeah. Um, I do think, though, that, you know, she does have a job that is incredibly difficult and we don't give her enough credit for that. And, you know, if anything, we should just try to add more nuance to the situation and understand that there is so much nuance there.